This is Leadership is Changing Podcast, Episode 2. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then you should be listening to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, Dennis Giannoutsas. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disruptive, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today. If we can get the leaders to step up and lead, then they can inspire real change. It is now time to adapt in our fast-moving world. So team, thanks for listening in today. I've got a, a really special guest with me today. His name is Travis Chappell. So Travis, welcome to the show. Dennis, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Oh, awesome. And uh, so Travis is a podcast consultant and professional connector. He is the founder of World Class Media, a full stack podcast production company specializing in helping business entrepreneurs produce profitable podcasts. And he is the host of two top shows, Build Your Network and World Class. In addition to being featured in Entrepreneur, NASDAQ and ReadWrite, Travis has also been featured in Forbes as a top 10 podcast that will change your life along the lines of uh, Joe Rogan, Gary V, Tim Ferriss and the like. So Travis, great to have you here with us uh, today. And so we're just going to go through some questions around leadership is changing. But before we do that, do you want to give us a little bit more about your background? Yeah, sure. So I grew up in a pretty pretty interesting way. I was kind of in a religious type of a community, not not a cult, but kind of kind of that <laughs> growing up basically my entire life until I was 21, 22. And so to give you an idea, I graduated from kindergarten, from middle school and high school and college on the same 20 acre campus. So I didn't change up friend groups or friend circles. You know, I was there on church for Sundays and school on Monday through Friday. We did soul winning on Saturdays, which is basically like door to door sales, but we were selling religion. And so that was kind of the way that I grew up. And I, for some reason, just always had some form of an entrepreneurial itch, which I'm not exactly sure how to really articulate what that is, except for, you know, the desire to make money, maybe combined with a lack of listening to authority of just kind of blindly. So I always had that that itch to go out and make money somehow, some way. I was the kid that brought stuff to school to sell to the other kids, you know, stuff like that. And in senior before my last year of high school, I actually started my first business, which was in landscaping and just mowing lawns and doing manual labor and 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 putting in grass and 
setting timers and solenoids and valves and fixing stuff. And that was really my first glimpse into the business world. And I remember learning a really big lesson when I was running that business because it was the summer before my senior, before my last year of high school that we started that business. It was me and a buddy of mine. And it was right before school that I ended up selling two sod jobs, two jobs where we were going to go put in a lawn and fix the sprinkler system and stuff like that for a real estate investor that was flipping these houses. And I realized when I was sitting in class, when I was counting the money that I was going to be making on that job, I, I finally realized the value of selling because I started to realize that, that I was going to be making more money on the jobs that I sold than the people that I had hired to the labor on the jobs that I had sold. And so it was a really huge lesson for me early on in the importance of learning how to sell and in the importance of creating valuable customer relationships. And that led into doing sales in college. So I, when I was in college, I just kind of got sick of mowing lawns. And to be honest, I was just, I just kind of let go of the, the business that we had created because I was just so sick of doing all that manual labor. And I got into door-to-door sales for the first time ever and just kind of started taking off with it. And by the time I had graduated college, I realized I didn't want to go into ministry, which is what I was going to school for. The college that I went to that was on that church campus was purely ministerial college. There were no other options. It was just ministry or ministry. And when I decided I didn't want to go into ministry, I didn't really have anything else that I was good at. And you have any other skill sets. My degree was in Bible and church ministries, and it was from an unaccredited university. So it was like, well, I have this useless unaccredited degree in Bible, you know, that doesn't really help me do anything. So what am I going to do? And so I just kind of fell back on door-to-door sales just because that was the skill set that I had. And so I just figured I'll do this for a while and ended up doing it right out of college and started doing pretty well, like making six figures as 21, 22 year old right out of college and just knocking doors in 20 hour work weeks because we would only work when people were home. So we'd only go out from, you know, four o'clock to eight o'clock and then we'd uh, come back for the day and made a good income doing that. But at the end of the first year that I remember making six figures in that industry, I just remember thinking that there was something that I was missing. Like I just remember thinking that, that, I didn't want to be doing this in another decade. So instead of celebrating and being super stoked for the year that I had, which was hitting six figures, which was a big goal of mine, I found myself just more lost and wondering what I wanted to do. Because now at that point, that was the only thing that I had experience in. And I didn't I didn't have a degree or anything that would help me go get something else that was better. So I just was kind of back against the wall. And that was the first time in my life that I ever really jumped into trying to make myself better just because my back was against the wall and I had no idea what I was going to be doing next. So I started trying to learn just about myself and learn what potential opportunities were available to me in the world. And just jumped into personal development, started reading books, listening to audiobooks, uh, listening to podcasts for the first time ever. And that's when I jumped into podcasting. When I realized, when I started listening to podcasting, I thought it would be fun, thought it would be interesting, thought it would be something that I could do, that I could pull off if I put enough work into it. And after a few months of listening, I decided to start my own. And then after a few months of toying around with ideas and getting everything taken care of and getting coaching and mentorship and joining masterminds and all that good stuff, I I ended up launching almost a year after I knew that I wanted to launch. And now it's been almost three years since then. So yeah, there's a quick overview of, uh, of my life up to this point. Yeah. And so what made you want to get into podcasting? 
You know, it was a couple of things, man. I, I I found the conversations really interesting. I I felt like I had a knack for writing in college and in, in high school, but I never enjoyed it, if that makes sense. So I felt like I had like an inclination toward being okay with it. I think I think that I was I think that I was decent at organizing thoughts onto paper. And I just realized it because I would read other people's papers in college and be like, oh well, you know, they clearly didn't put near as much effort into this or or I'm just a little bit better just naturally at it. And so I think I, th- I think I had a natural uh, proclivity toward being good at, at, at stuff like that, but I had zero I had zero inkling or zero desire to start a blog or start writing and things like that and I just kind of realized podcasting's for basically just an audio blog and it still would it, it what I what I really liked about it though was that I could travel around. I didn't have to be in one location in order to be able to do it, which gave me ind- which gave me location freedom, location independence. I, it could be on my own time, which was time freedom and independence. And it was an unlimited income potential. The 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 only thing that limits the amount of money that I can make is myself and my personal development and my skill sets and my knowledge and the application of that of those skill sets and knowledge. The only thing that holds me back is me. There wasn't like a a, a commission cap there wasn't a a salary or something like that 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 held me back from making as much as I wanted to make so there was a lot of freedom involved with it but also it just seemed interesting seemed fun and I also knew that I didn't know anybody at the time that could help me with any of the things that I wanted help with and 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 help propel me to the next step of of, of my career and so podcasting gave me the perfect excuse to talk to all those people and have conversations with them and build in in my own network and get to know a lot of you know industry leaders and and shakers in, in that regard so yeah, there, there was a lot of there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of boxes that it checked off. Yeah, yeah, and so that hence why the name of Build Your Network is the podcast to help you learn how to build or actually build your network while also building others and helping them to do it too. Yeah, basically, I just I I, I knew. There were two things there. There was the first thing that I was going to talk about was going to be sales because that was the only thing that I really knew about. I it was just going to kind of default into, well, I can talk about sales, you know, and we'll talk about different lessons that you learn in sales. So I go to iTunes and I type in the word sales and I find like, you know, only 20,000 podcasts that are dedicated to sales and learning how to sell better. And so I was like, well, I I don't know much about this world, but I know that if I don't niche, if I don't niche down a little bit more that I'm going to be lost in the noise. So I knew that sales wasn't going to be the thing. But then I just kind of went back to the drawing board because I was like, that's really my only real translatable, interesting skill set. Like something that people actually want to learn would be learning how to sell. And that's the only thing that I really know. So if I'm not going to do a podcast on that, what am I going to be able to do a podcast about where people are actually going to give me the time of day to listen? And that was when I started to realize that not all podcasters starting out as being the expert. They just started out as being the investigative reporter that was able to find interesting things about a topic or industry and report them back to an entire audience of people who maybe were just too busy to find out all that information for themselves or distill that information to be applied into multiple types of businesses and that's when I started realizing that so that's when I that's when I thought about the the I thought about networking I thought you know the only the only way that I've had success in sales is by getting around mentors and people who've already done it and can show me how to do it so I was like there's got to be something to that thing like if i could get around anybody and learn from them for for any length of time 
their skills and knowledge and information just would, I couldn't help but have those things rub off on me just from being around those people. So I figured, well, what's a better way to learn those skill sets? Like that's a, that's a hack to learning any skill set, not just sales. You can just get around people who do it the best and learn from them, then you can do it the best in a much shorter period of time without making uh, with, with while, while making a fraction of the percent of, of the mistakes that those people had to make along the way to figure it out. So that's when I just had, you know, let's, let's do this networking thing. But I thought that was going to be just as saturated sales, but to my surprise, it just wasn't. I, I typed it in iTunes and nothing else came up. Nobody was talking about that specific thing. So it just kind of seemed like, well, that seems like a pretty, pretty good blue ocean to fill, you know? Yeah, wow. And, you know, a lot of leaders I work with around the world, they one of the areas that they sort of neglect is networking. They may do that network within their own little bubble in the sense of their team or their organization, their company. But outside of that, and even within the company, they struggle to cross silos, if I can put it that way, business units. But then they just don't build the network. And then some of them go and leave the organization because of retrenchment or redundancies and things like that. And it's too late and they have to try and start from ground zero, right, to get on with things. And so it's a little bit difficult for them. So I think that, you know, the topic that you're talking about is is tremendous. And, you know, listening to some of your episodes, fantastic information being shared by people. And and what I also liked is the fact about, you know, learning of others and that. So it's really, really cool. Who who is your favorite leader? In other words, somebody could be alive today, could be from history, but who is your favorite leader and why? That's a good question, man. I... I thought I've given this a little bit of, of thought before, and I really somebody that I look to that is not alive anymore that I think was just a tremendous leader was Winston Churchill. I think that he was an amazing leader. I think that I think that Marcus Aurelius was an amazing leader. Uh, and reading more and understanding about his life and the things that he was dealing with all the time, I think that he was an amazing leader. And uh, you know, I think I think that there's a, a lot of examples of really good leaders today as well. But those are two of the ones that really stick out into in my mind of the people that I've you know spent a little bit of time studying and and people that I admire that are in history. And what what did you learn from Winston Churchill? Why, why him? The resolve in the midst of chaos is something that I just truly admire in somebody else. And that is something that he very much embodied in the time frame that that he was living in and the struggles that he was, you know, that he had to lead his people through during during that time period, I think is just extremely admirable that he was able to keep a level head and and rest on his his ability to lead and not freak out and, and make really poor decisions. And and I think, I I just think that he handled it with extreme, you know, poise and, and, and level headedness that I don't think is very common. It seems anymore to, to be able to like, like uh, de-dramatize a situation almost where he like literally the world is in disarray and we're in the middle of world wars and he's, just seems to be as calm as ever. You know what I mean? Like I just, I just really respect that resolve and, and that ability to lead people through times like that without making the mass hysteria worse than it really is. Yeah. Okay. And so us going through COVID-19 and things like that, there, there is obviously learnings that we all could have taken from that, from, from him and also apply it today and what we're doing. So the question, next question I've got for you is leadership is changing when I say that statement, what does that mean for you? 
To me, it means that every leader should be a master of change. And if you are a leader and you don't understand that, I think that you have just kind of buried your head in the sand to the world around you. Like, I don't think that there is even a way to refute the fact that leadership is constantly changing and that it's adapting to every situation. I think a lot of the core principles would, would be things that, that, that stand the test of time, but also, but also the, the way that it's practiced is not necessarily something that's, that is remained true forever. Like the, the modes of, of expressing leadership to people that are within your sphere of influence, I think are constantly changing. And I think that if you as a leader are not willing to constantly also be changing, that it's usually an unfair proposition because you typically ask people who are following you or people who are under your sphere of influence uh, that you expect them to be willing to change based on the things that you see. But a lot of times people aren't willing to change based on the things that the people that are following them see due to pride or ego or something like that. And I just think that if you're a leader that's under those circumstances, that you're never going to enjoy leadership and you're always going to to struggle with people that are that you're trying to get to, you know, be on the same page with you. You you always you gotta be willing to admit when you're wrong and you gotta be willing to make changes. Yeah, that's just I think that's just a fact. Yeah. Okay, cool. So being able to adapt and move forward. And I like what you say that, you know, it should be a masters of change because that is something that we had to A, master and be able to actually implement and execute for sure. And if you're not able to do that, then maybe you shouldn't be a leader. Uh, yeah, well, you, you, you got to be the person that's comfortable in the uncomfortable because that's when people are looking at you the most. People don't, people don't, uh, people always need leadership. I'm not saying they never, that they don't need leadership in, in good times, but they are a lot less dependent on leadership. I'll say that during good times and leaderships, leadership and leaders in general are tested during the bad times. And if you are uncomfortable with being uncomfortable and you're uncomfortable with change, then I don't just don't think that you're going to be able to be an effective leader today. Things change so quickly and you got to be able to adapt and you got to be able to do it quickly and you have to be comfortable and even keeled and level-headed while things are changing and adapting under your very nose um, in the blink of an eye, just like what happened very recently in on a global scale with, with the COVID stuff. So I think that it's, I, I just don't, I don't think it's an, I think it's a non-negotiable aspect of leadership. Now you, you gotta be willing to change and you have to be comfortable during change and not just, not just praying for the good times again. You know what I mean? If you're always praying for the good times, then I just don't think they're going to make it as, as a leader. You're like, you're not even going to be happy. Let's be honest about that. Like if you're, if you have to have good times in order to feel not anxious and, and feel like, like, you know, the world isn't crumbling or that like you, you just not gonna be able to be a leader because stuff happens all the time. Like you, you're basically a firefighter as a leader, you know, like it's your job to go put out fires all the time. So if you can't withstand that type of heat, then you shouldn't be in the position, you know? Yep. Yep. Great. So if you can't handle the heat, don't be in the role of a leader or in yeah. the position, which Get is out of the cool. kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you also said about, you know, you've got to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I think a lot of leaders struggle with those difficult um, discussions. They struggle with uh, difficult times. It is easy to be a leader in the easy in, in the good times. And, you know, there's struggle there as well. But then when it is difficult times, that's where the real leader steps up. That's when the real leader shows up. And that's what people want. Yeah. And actually, I think that's what people deserve as well. They need that leader there to help them move through things. So how's your business or industry changed and what demands has that put on you or your team? 
My, I mean, my business has changed a lot recently. We went from just being a knowledge business in terms of offering coaching and consulting and just information to being more like a services business where we offer coaching, consulting courses, knowledge, information, in addition to services and like monthly you know, retainers and packages and things like that. So we've, we've changed a lot in the last, like really three months, four months or so. And to the point where now we've, we've had to go through a couple new hires and change up roles of existing people that are in the company and, and things like that. So we, we've, we've, we've had to adapt on a, you know, literally change everything in the last three or four months. And that's not necessarily reflective of the podcasting industry as a whole. It's just because of some things that were happening with my business specifically that just made me realize that I was that I was that I was uh, leaving a lot of money on the table and not making the best decisions for my business just because of the way that I felt about a certain situation. So we we went through a lot of changes on the back end recently, actually. Wow! And so I, you know. You going through that process and actually realizing that sometimes money being left on the table. As a leader, do what's your thoughts about stepping back and then and then having to look at that on a? Do you do that on a regular basis to look at you and your as a leader, your team, your organization, and then being able to adapt? What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, clarity is a huge value for me, and that's something that I try to do pretty much constantly. Like there's not, I don't set aside a certain time of the week to do it. It's just kind of always on my mind, making sure that I'm still headed in the direction that I want to be headed in. And the one of a, a worst case scenario to me is putting in a ton of work and like, like having this, uh, this just big audacious goal and putting in a ton of work and then reaching that goal and climbing that mountain, so to speak, and then you get to the top of the mountain and you realize that you climbed the wrong mountain and you really wanted to be on the top of another mountain. And I think some of that comes from just an utter lack of clarity and people put the blinders on and go after their goals, which a lot of times is good because you don't want those that outside noise or distractions. But at the same time, if you haven't checked in with you and your soul and your personal goals and where you want to be in life during that time period, then it's probably good to check in with those things every once in a while just to make sure that you are continually aligning with yourself with the new version of who you are, especially for somebody that changes a lot. For somebody that constantly is going through personal development, you're constantly reading new things and you're constantly learning new things and you're constantly changing the way that you think and the way that you act and the values that you have. Like if you're if you're constantly changing a lot of those things, then you got to be asking yourself, uh, you got to be asking yourself if you're still headed in the direction that you want to be headed in or else or else it's never going to it's never going to happen on accident. You're just going to end up going where you're headed because that's how direction works, right? If you like end up if you don't change your trajectory, then you're going to go where you're headed right now, right? That's where, that's how it works. You're going to end up in the destination that that is the end of the path that you are currently on unless you make a conscious decision to move off of that path. And if you don't know that you are moving down the wrong path, then you're never going to make that decision. And then you're going to end up in Madagascar when you wanted to be in Iceland. You know what I mean? And 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 then that's when that's when I think you end up with a lot of people who are unfulfilled and they're not super happy with where they are and they have more regrets because they never just did, took the time to make the simple practice of getting clarity in their life, a part of their, you know, daily or weekly or monthly ritual or routine or, or habits or whatever you want to say. Would you, would you say a lot of those people also, they're changing all the time because they don't have that clarity. So they'll do something over here and then they'll try something over here and they keep trying too totally. many things. Can, can they change too much? 
Yeah, definitely. There's there's definitely a balance there for sure. And I, I was kind of guilty of that myself, which is kind of what brought on the change recently where we got just really, really focused into the podcasting space and just made that the core of our business, which has been extremely helpful and and extremely valid, honestly, since we've been since we've been going down that path. It was because I was starting to get I, I was I was so unclear with the direction that I wanted to, to to be or the destination that I wanted to be at that I ended up saying yes to this opportunity that was outside of the scope of work that I currently do that completely took focus away from the things that I'm that I've been working on for the last three years. And after about a week, week and a half of trying to get myself in that mindset, I was just like I was just in like inner turmoil, just, just without, just so all over the place, just not knowing, man, what, what, what is it that I really want to do? What is it that that's really going to fire me up? What is it that, where is it that I really want to be in five years from now looking back, you know? And it was through, it was almost like two full weeks, Dennis, where I was just like inner turmoil and stressed and anxious and, and anxious and just like, ah, I don't know, like, what am I doing? You know? And eventually by the end of it, when I just got that clear, clear idea of what, of what that, of what that looked like, I was able to actually focus. And that focus is what enables you to go from zero to 60. And if you're constantly all over the place due to a lack of clarity, you're, it's going to be so much more difficult to have that focus for any length of time, because you're going to get drawn away from opportunity to opportunity to opportunity until you find something that you're actually wanting to focus on for a while. Yeah, fascinating. I'm, I, I'm finding that, you know, the five-year thing that you talked about where people want to go, working with leaders around that and actually helping them understand that they have a blank canvas, and but where are they going and what are those stepping stones to help them get there? Well, what process did you use to help you with that? You know, over those two weeks, there's a lot of turmoil. And sometimes when you don't, when you're doing something that's not right, you can go through a lot of that turmoil and it just doesn't feel right. But sometimes we have to go through that thinking process. We have to do things. Well, was there anything in particular that you did to help you with your to get that clarity over those two weeks? Action. A lot of times, a lot of times, lack of clarity prevents people from taking action, and they think that the clarity is going to come through their inaction, which is actually the opposite of true. Clarity only comes from further action. And somebody, I forget who who popularized this statement, but I love it. It's it's the the in the absence of clarity, take action. And that's something that I always think about and tell myself. And so if you're lacking clarity, like the only way that I really found out that that new venture was something that I didn't want to do was I started doing it for like a week. And I realized like, ah, this is not what I was thinking it was going to be. This is not matching up to what I wanted to be doing. This isn't that's something that's going to fire me up. This isn't taking me down the path that I want to end up at. Like this isn't going to get me to the destination that I want to be. So after like a week of doing it, it was very clear to me that I didn't want to be doing it anymore. Whereas the opposite of that was also true. I was doing all, I was doing other stuff at the time that ended up being the things that I kept doing because I was also taking action, doing those things. So it was just like, doing action here, doing action here, doing action here. And through that action, you become clear on the things that you don't want to act on anymore. But if you never took action, it would always just be eating at you in your head. And and you sometimes just have to take action until that clarity really presents itself. Yeah. Take action. Take massive action. Take Do something so then you can get that clarity. Listeners, I'm on the show here with Travis Chappell. Uh, we're having a chat here about leadership is changing. So. Travis, if there was one thing you could change in business as a leader today, what would it be? In business as a whole, like all of business or in my business or? 
in your business or in a whole, it doesn't matter, but as a leader, if you could change, if there's something you could do in your business, let's start with that. What would you, what would it be? And if there was something in business as a whole that you see as a leader in industry today, what would that be? Huh. I think in my business, it's really just about, it's really about the communication with team and always having open lines of communication. And I mean, honestly, that would be probably one of the things that I would change in leadership today too, is just having more open lines of communication between the people that are being affected by leadership's decisions when sometimes leadership isn't aware of that, the, that there are people on the other end of their decisions. You know, sometimes, especially for people, and this is out of my my realm of expertise, people that are leading organizations of hundreds of people, it's sometimes easy to look at people as numbers instead of as people. And I think remaining connected to the people that you're leading and seeing the stories and the situations that are affected by a decision that you may or may not make, I think really helps you put those things into perspective. So I think communication is something that's just constantly helpful for all leadership in, in to be able to continue to get to know the people and the likes and the dislikes and the and the the habits and the lifestyles and everything about the people that they're leading because I think that'll ultimately make you a better leader. Yeah, and you know people can see through whether you're if you're looking at them on a spreadsheet and as a number, they, people can people know that and they can feel it. They you know, but if you're there with the people and you're thinking about them and you're with them, it's a totally different feeling. And yeah, yeah to your right. Now, what makes a leader successful in today in, its fast, in, in, you know, in this fast-paced, ever-changing world? What makes them successful? I think we kind of touched on it already is the willingness to adapt. And sometimes it's not even the actual adaptation as much as it is, as much as it is the willingness to adapt. Because um, if, you're not, if you're not willing to go through those changes, then it doesn't matter how many changes come up, you're not going to be the person that's willing to go through those changes. And sometimes you might not, might not change on a certain topic and that's okay. It's okay to still be yourself. You don't, you don't have to change everything the way that everybody wants you to change. That's why you're the leader. You still get to make those decisions. And it's okay to stick to something that's been working that you think might be good or better than something new that might take a while to get familiar with and may not have as good long-lasting effects as what you've already seen to work. So, But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be willing to at least hear people out and go through those changes together. So I think I think if there's one thing that leader that would benefit all leaders to have a little bit more of is empathy. And I think that I think empathy is the great equalizer. If you can truly put yourself in the situation of somebody else and see things from their perspective and their point of view, I think that'll help all leaders across the board and especially in an ever-changing landscape like we have today. Yeah. Okay. Empathy, really, really, really strong, that point. But then the other thing too you said was about listening. And I think just people just want to have somebody just for five minutes uh, sometimes, you know, just to offload and just talk to somebody and have someone to listen to them and they'll be off. They'll go and do what they need to go and do. But then a lot of leaders are not willing, as you're saying, to, to adapt or change or even just take time out to listen or have that empathy. It's just not there at all. Yep. So if I if I got you to get your crystal ball out and start looking and thinking about the future here, where, where do you see leadership being in five years from now? Man, I would say I see it as a whole being a lot more vital than it's ever been because of the current landscape and social media climate and all the craziness that's happening in the world today. I think that leadership has never been more important and will probably continue to be that way for the next four or five years because more and more people are being thrust into leadership 
situations without any sort of training on how to handle that situation. And a lot of them have influence over millions of people and are wielding that influence in a completely irresponsible way because they don't ever seek to learn any sort of leadership skills or any sort of, you know, tactics or anything that would help people truly help people because there I think a lot of those people are less leaders and more influencers they're more concerned with how many things they can sell or how many albums they can drop instead of like affecting positive change in people and and I think that that might be a little bit more of a detriment so I I think that it'll continue to evolve and continue to be more and more needed like good good effective leadership I think will just continue to to prove that 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 more of that is needed in as we head into as we head into the future for sure. Yeah, solid leadership is what's needed going forward in the world. Travis, hey, thank you for joining us on the show today. If our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, where, where should they go? Yeah, TravisChapel.com would be just as good a place as any. TravisChapel.com, C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. All my stuff is there, my podcast links, my social media links, my email is there. If you want to get a hold of me or see any of the stuff that I'm up to, TravisChapel.com. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they are published. Have a listen, put a review and a rating. If there is a any feedback that you want to give to me on the show, please uh, feel free to send me an email on, at dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. And uh, if you've got a question that you would like me to ask leaders, I'm going to be looking at doing Ask Dennis sessions uh, every week. If there's a question you want to ask me or ask other leaders, just feel free to drop me an email as well or send me a private message. Thanks for tuning in today. Leadership is changing. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 